what is up everybody welcome back to the drunk turkey show i'm daniel alongside with me is jaime uh having you know back after a little bit of a break uh from the uh Koberger hearing that is still yeah. ongoing i believe it is it's, still, a it's a marathon it is a marathon I, I, from what i understand they're still on the first argument oh no so jaime's been having some technical difficulty it looked like you froze there, but I think I hear him. Are you there? No, no. It looks like he froze out. <clears throat> no biggie, no biggie. We'll um, we'll continue onward. Let's see. So, right now, the so what's been going on in court has been basically that Brian Cover's defense attorneys have been, you know, questioned the validity of the uh, knife DNA um, that was left on the knife sheath. And um, I think, I mean, I understand it. You know, I've said this like a, like several times, you know, I get why uh, they want to do that. But at the end of the day, um, Hold on one second. I don't know. I just think it's like a, um, it's a, it's just a tactic because I think that even if they had that, 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 uh, that information, I'm not sure they would be able to do anything with it because what would be the optimum goal of with that, you know, information from the tree is to get it thrown out. And if they get it thrown out, um, if they get it thrown out, then you're back to square one, in my opinion. So let's see what uh, Twitterverse is saying, referencing referencing the case. So court was adjourned. It'll be live one more time tonight on Banfield. But court is adjourned as of nine minutes ago. Nine minutes ago, court finally ended there. Uh, court is trying to schedule a day to discuss a motion to dismiss indictment. Uh, the defense hopes to propose it sooner than later, but the judge says he's very busy trying to clear a schedule before October 2nd. The state is arguing that it needs time to go through uh, the motion and build their argument against it once it is filed. They say they need at least seven days. The motion to dismiss indictment has been scheduled for 1 p.m. Pacific time on September 1st. That's pretty big news right there, in my opinion. <laughs> I think I think we all do, right? So what ended up being the outcome of the genetic tree is the pro is the state going to have to hand that over to the prosecution or the defense. I'm sorry. All right. Discussing uh, deadlines. <clears throat> We're now six weeks from trial deadlines for completion of discovery is September 1st. 
Deadline for expertise disclosure is September 8th. If there is an actual alibi is required by September 8th. So they have extended the alibi yet again uh, for September 8th. I don't think we're going to get it. Put a one in the comment section. If you think we're going to get an actual alibi, put a two if, if you think we're not. I want to know what you guys think. What's up? Publicly buzz in the house. I need to get you guys back on panel. We need to have another show, y'all. So. Deadline for pretrial motions, including those related to the death penalty, September 8th. Deadline for response to motion, September 15th. Deadline for proposed jury questionnaire, September 18th. Deadline for proposed witness under Rule 16b6, C3, is uh, September 15th. And deadline for Rule 404b notices, September 15th. Court will hear all motions September 22nd at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Jury selection will be September 25th, 26th, and 27th, possibly more. Final pretrial conference, September 29th at 10 a.m. Trial will begin October 2nd at 8 a.m. through November 17th. And I actually think this might actually go down on, you know, on October 2nd. You know, there's been a lot of question out there. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I think there's a good possibility uh, that this trial could actually begin on October 2nd. You know, there's some benefits, there's some pros, and there's some cons to that, right? So what are the pros? For the prosecution, you know, you have 51 terabytes of, of evidence. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I don't think there's much there. Because if the defense team is already actively ready to go, even though there's 51 terabytes, that might be an illusion of, of evidence, right? You know, they tell you this big old number so that, you know, we the people think that there's like a whole lot of evidence going on against this person, right? And the thing is, I think a lot of it, it's going to be footage for like 24 hours of surveillance, right? You're going to have 24 hours of surveillance at, you know, 11, 12. You're probably going to have 24 hours of surveillance. I mean, that's 11, 12 uh, King Road, the residents that heard the thud and everything else. Yeah. You know, the Linda Lane footage, you're probably going to have 24 hours of that. You know, all of those cameras and footages that um, were taken that saw Koberger's vehicle, allegedly Koberger's vehicle traveling through through town each one of those is probably going to have 24 hours worth of footage so that's going to add up right and eventually that's going to equate to um that's going to equate to uh, a whole lot of fluff like it's there but it's not real like you're not going to utilize all that evidence right and so um, if that's all they have, then I can see the defense saying, all right, we're ready to go. We don't need that much time. Right. Now the prosecution, you know, the pro and the con for it is that if there is significant amount of evidence is that, you know, the defense is limited 
and the amount of time that they have to create a defense for their client. And the same thing goes for the prosecution. They're limited with the time that they have to build a case and find evidence against uh, the defendant. So it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting tactic um, that these guys, uh, you know, each side are doing. You know, the uh, defense, in my opinion, very much looks like, um, <laughs> don't say Linda Lane. The defense, in my opinion, very much looks like um, they're trying to push this down the line a little bit. Uh, in my opinion, you know, with some of these motions and, and stay orders and things like that. So there's a good possibility they move this down. What is up, my man? I'm having trouble with my connection over here, buddy. All right, buddy. You're muffled, by the way. Probably because my fan is pointed right at me. <laughs> it's hot, dude. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have to tell you more than once. Uh, I understand. I totally understand. Uh, so there was a couple of things that have been put out there. Uh, first and foremost, court has been adjourned, and there's some deadlines that have been put out there. One is for if there is an actual alibi now is required by September 8th. Uh, do you think we're going to get an alibi in here? Um, well, I mean, it took this long to get the first one. I got right. a lot of, yeah, I got a lot of twos. I asked the, I asked the chat, you know, put a one if they think they're going to get it, put a two if they're not. I think that's a one, well, <laughs> one, one. Well, were they supposed to like provide an alibi within like the two weeks or something? Yeah, he was supposed to provide it and then they didn't. And then they did after the, um, you know, after the deadline. And, and the one that they did was just of him driving around by himself aimlessly but i think they're not a good one not a good one no, no well the thing is he didn't even say in which direction he was driving mm -hmm. what towns he drove through things like that just the fact that he was in his car driving around and i think that's important because if if he was driving let's just say he went to spokane or he went to Coeur d'Alene or, or to johnson and you know he can say that like hey you know i left i left pullman and i went north Lane. Well, then his defense team can go in there and pull up, you know, subpoena the uh, traffic lights in Coeur Lane and see his vehicle coming in. Mm -hmm. And if that's where he's at during the time of the incident, well, you have an innocent man in jail. But if he never shows up there, it doesn't look good, right? Yeah. And so he can't show up somewhere he says he's at if he never says where he's at, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's just the narrative that they're going with on that aspect. Uh, let's see. Do you think this court's actually going to start on October 2nd? It seems like they have a lot of deadlines put in. They have several for September 1st, September 8th, the 15th, the 18th, and the 22nd. Mm -hmm. And then they plan on having jury selection the 25th through 27th. Would... Uh, if you were selected for, for jury duty in Idaho, let's just say you're in Idaho right now and you're selected for jury duty. Mm -hmm. um, are you, um, they're not obviously going to tell you, hey, it's for the uh, Brian Koberger case, right? 
they're just going to tell you, hey, you know, you know, there's a possibility of jury duty and there's more than that case that's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, would you be excited to be a juror if you ever got called in and there's a possibility that you'd be on a high profile case like this? Mm. <laughs> it's like a baseball game like you you rather see it like for me watching on on tv is boring but actually being there will be fun you know what i mean like yeah. i think being there will be a whole different <laughs> a whole different uh feeling you know what i mean to actually be there and, and see everything that a lot of people won't be able to see you know yeah for sure and then then there's also the book deals that come afterwards and, and the movie deals you 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 think this guy's gonna yeah. yeah you're like you're like i already just changed my address to somewhere in, in idaho so i can be selected <laughs> uh but you know i i would i'd be excited you know that's why i get sort of excited when i get called for jury duty mm. uh, but so far one i've never been selected for for some reason i don't i don't know why i don't know why two you two gangsta homie maybe maybe i need to stop you know showing off my tattoo tears and and going in there with the uh the bandana the denny trejo <laughs> tattoo on your chest yeah, maybe if i go in there a little bit more appropriate i'll get selected <laughs> yeah if you if you walk in there with a shirt that actually has sleeves maybe <laughs> uh you know um i'm just thinking to myself though it, it, I don't. I would want to be a juror on a case. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything high profile, but just on a on something that is, um, you know, kind of important, a big case, and one that has like some arguments going back and forth. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think I would like that. Um, but let's continue to dig through a Twitterverse and try to see what else is out there um, in the Brian Koberger case. Let's see. This is a guy from the Idaho Statesman that I'm following. All right, let's see. Um, amended by judge, so witnesses are moved to 9-8 deadline. You know what's crazy? Dude? You know what they say that, you know, the ads that you get are yeah. a reflection of, Tommy? of yourself. Tommy Chong. I, I have been getting promoted from Tommy Chong to Cheetah Chong some like all day on X, which sounds weird, like to say because it sounds like I'm on drugs when I say, "Oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on X," but it's actually uh, the now now X is the new name of Twitter. Yeah, you know, Elon Musk likes the name X, and so it's now I, called X. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> uh, so. For okay. about the last hour, attorneys for Ryan Koberger defense and prosecution argued the merits on turning over the DNA genetic evidence through discovery. Elisa Massoff argued for the defense that, and Jeff Nye uh, of the Idaho AG office argued for the prosecution. The judge said he wouldn't rule on it today. All right, that's that's basically what they've been arguing about all day today, right? Was you know having to turn that on over. Um, Olivia too comes in with a five dollar super sticker. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we appreciate y'all's uh, help and um, promotion of the channel. We wouldn't get to where we are without you guys. And if you're new here, please consider 
hitting that like button and that subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. In fact, I got to change this up. Like, comment, and subscribe. So, <laughs> I like it. Right? Yeah. Right, right. And so um, here's the thing about the genetic evidence. Like, I get why the defense wants it. They want it because um, they want everything that has to do with with their case. And I think their question is that, or their claim is that their case was built after they got the name Brian Koberger and that they're fitting the evidence to point at Koberger. Mm -hmm. Now, based on what the state said, right, in their own document, um, they refer, when referring to the genetic tree, stating that uh, per the, um, you know, FBI standard of operations, SOPs, that it has to be a last resort and that there is no other, you know, possible means of, or, or method of finding a suspect. Mm -hmm. So, or a lead, I believe is the terminology that they use. So just based on that alone, that indicates to me that they didn't have a lead. They couldn't have had a lead. I mean, why build a genetic tree, right? Why build a genetic tree if you already have Brian Koberger's name? Just go pick up his trash somewhere. Just like they did with the, uh, apparently they picked up somebody else's trash, uh, the cigarette bud. That was in the uh, court document. They had a, ci a cigarette bud that they secretly had to go pick up. So they had Ryan Koberger's name prior to the genetic tree. All they had to do was just wait for him to, to drop something. I get he was wearing gloves and doing all this weird stuff, but but nobody's perfect. He's going to leave his DNA somewhere, yep. right? Yep. So that tells me that that they didn't they didn't see him as a suspect until after um, after the genetic tree. Do, would you agree with me on that, uh, or, or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, man, I totally agree. Um, like you said, it would have been easier just to go instead of going through the whole process of that. You know, what I mean, it would have just easier to get his DNA somewhere where he disposed some trash or whatnot. Instead of going uh, through the whole, what was it the the father, right? Through the father. What? Well, no, no, no. The genetic tree that they're they're that they're talking about isn't even the father. Mm -hmm. So the father, the DNA that they collected on the father was in an attempt uh, to locate or to grasp Brian Koberger's DNA. So by the time that they realized <clears throat> that Brian Koberger um, was a suspect, right? This is after. I got to move that down because that golf thing was distracting me. Um, <laughs> thank you, Angel D, for your two dollars super chat. Let's get hashtag DTS to forty k. Let's go, guys! Come on, the shades are gonna come off. Hit that subscribe button. Let's get to forty thousand. I appreciate that. Thank shades, you so much, Angel. The shades and maybe the shirt. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> we might go under like thirty five if that happens. <laughs> so, like I was saying, um. Man, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying, Jaime? Oh, the, the, the dad was an attempt to... Oh, yeah. So the dad was an attempt to get Koberger's DNA. But because Koberger was, like, taking his trash out and wearing gloves and doing all that other stuff, the DNA that they found ended up being his dad's. Yeah. But what they did was they got the DNA and they tested it toward the sample. And that's when it came back as a hit to uh, being the father of the suspect, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was enough to help get the arrest warrant. Now, once they got the arrest warrant and they had him in custody, 
they pulled out a warrant to test Brian Koberger's DNA to the DNA that was on the knife sheath directly. Yeah. And that came back to a match. So <clears throat> that genetic stuff that they're arguing about is the genetic tree that was created by the FBI. Now, I agree that maybe they should get it, you know, and we had Zach, a, uh, an attorney here in San Antonio uh, on the show, and he was like, hey, give it to them. It probably, you know, isn't going to work in their benefit. It could bite them in the butt. And, uh, and, I, and I get that. But I think the problem is, is it's been destroyed or it's been deleted by the FBI. They don't have it. So I like that koozie, sir. Thank you. I got That's it today. Awesome. Thanks, man. No problem. No problem. If you guys are interested in the QZ, that same one is right here. Check them out. And we have a light and colored one with the um, with us. With the picture there. I don't like. <laughs> Let me but know what you guys type. think about. Let me know what you guys think about our new logo. Let me know if you like it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, those keys are there. Check email us if you're interested in one. They're twelve dollars, fifteen dollars shipped. Um, yeah, check us out. Give us an email. But you know, with Koberger, they obviously didn't have his name or information until that point. To me, what I think is that the defense is hoping because because there was never an intent to use this information in court uh, that a chain of custody or or proper chain of command or, or documentation could have been done improper documentation could have been done right and what i think is going on is they want it to be on record that there was a contamination there was a um a mishandling or a chain of custody issue amongst the evidence. And that way they can bring that up in court and say, isn't it true that during the testing of the DNA evidence uh, that there was a mishandling or a chain of custody problem, blah, 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 blah. And say it in a way that a juror who they're hoping, you know, hasn't seen these proceedings, doesn't know anything about all this stuff because this, this is to determine if they can use it or not, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of these jurors, they're they're hoping that one of them is going to be like, hey, well, they screwed up the DNA, so the DNA can't be trusted. You know, I'm going to say not guilty. Mm -hmm. That's all they pretty much do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That That's what I think is going to happen is they're trying to, create reasonable or not just reasonable doubt, but try to create doubt mm -hmm. when it comes to the DNA by talking, by talking about this genetic tree and the creation of it, even though it has zero to do with Brian Koberger's DNA matching directly to the knife sheath. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're also trying to see if they can get, uh, what's it called how they received um everything after the the dna right after the or right before the dna that they, they will try not to make it make sure that it's not like invisible in court almost well that's what we're doing right now is checking to see if any of 
yeah. not just that aspect, but this right now is if they're well, basically the defense is trying to force the prosecution to give them how they came up with, you know, Koberger, which is they want the tree information. Now, there, there was one thing that I thought was extremely big that came out in this case today. Mm-hmm. And that was the fact that according to the defense, they are they do not know who the unidentified male DNA um, were that. Remember, there was two unidentified male DNA found near where the bodies were, where two of the bodies were. And then there was a, yeah. And then there was a third one found outside. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't know the results of that. And according to um, the prosecution, Instead of them saying we we do have the results of that information and it's with the defense, they say that they have given them everything that they have. And if they don't have it, it then it doesn't exist. Kind of leading me to believe that they never identified the unidentified DNA that was also in that room. Yeah. Or they couldn't. That's a problem. Or they couldn't, or they chose not to follow through with it. Well, you would think that if there was DNA in the in the vicinity of where mm-hmm. the bodies were, you know, don't you think that they would try to figure out who they were were to, you know, do the same thing, do the uh, genetic tree, figure out who it is. What about if there's no hit? Well, well, there wasn't a hit on Koberger, and they did a genetic tree through Ancestry or Twenty Three and Me. Why not do the same thing? Yeah, but what about if there's no hit, like even for a relative? You know what I mean? To to create that tree. I mean, it's, I mean that's that's pretty unlikely, but yeah, that's pretty unlikely. But what if? I mean, especially on two people, right? Two different right. types of DNA, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's two two people in there for both of them to not get a hit. And only get Goldbergers? Yeah, that's unlikely. Now, do you think that law enforcement and prosecution said, hey, we have this DNA. It was on it's on the bed. Right. Is it possible that you know it's 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 on the bed? And um, you have DNA on a sheath. They come back to different people. I, I'm not seeing a connection where you don't test it. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, I, I'm not seeing a reason why you wouldn't. Like, I'm did, trying to figure that out. And I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of one. Did, did they um, mention where the DNA was from? I just said that it was in the premises or in the area of of two of the bodies. Now, if it's a cop's DNA, cops give up their their fingerprints yeah. and DNA when they get hired in case of a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Which is why I said, like, you know, the genetic tree doesn't matter. Let's just say, yeah, you throw that out, and you know, Koberger was applying for internship with police departments and things of that nature. Um, if he would have gotten hired at a police department that would have taken his DNA and his fingers swap or his fingerprints and all that other stuff and entered it into a database. So that way you don't come across a situation where if he's like at a crime scene, right? 
because let's just say Coburger becomes a cop one day or or Big Blue. Big Blue becomes a police officer and he goes to the crime scene and he sneezes, right? And then um, he, he doesn't have a record, so he wouldn't be in CODIS. And if he continues being a law-abiding police officer, he'll never be in CODIS. And so if, if, um, if somebody goes in there, you know, forensics, and they find that DNA and they put it into the system, it's going to come back as an unknown, and it could be an unknown forever. You get what I'm saying? And so to to make sure that it doesn't happen, they they check all that stuff, and that way they test it. So he was eventually going to get caught if he ever decided to be a police officer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, how do you – you wouldn't be able to argue that that hit either, you know, because it would have been his. But – the other thing is, you know, uh, the FBI never also tested Koberger's DNA to the DNA that was on the knife sheath. So they don't know with 100% certainty that it is. And if you don't have, if you have information that's not 100% certain, then you can't use that in court, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, what's it called? Um, coming back to the to the other DNAs that they found. If- yeah. Let's say if one of the DNAs was they found on the bed, let's say, well, that obviously that, that DNA wouldn't be touch DNA, right? It would be maybe like saliva or, or some kind of like fluid, like buttery fluid. I mean, it could. It, it could still be touch DNA. I mean, it could be a lot of different type of DNA. They didn't specify what type it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Maybe it was some type of like, you know. No bodily fluid or not. Yeah, it could have been. It definitely could have been. Um, but you know, even if it were, yeah, why not test it? You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. you don't you don't know whose it is. So it's it's, it's it's almost like they like oh hit on Cobra that's it that's enough. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah, what the defense. That. Yeah, that's what the defense is arguing. Yeah, the defense is arguing is that they um. You know, pinpointed or pointed in towards to Koberger, and that was their guy, and, and that was it. And so, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's a tactic because, like I said before, you know, honestly, you can't do much with it if you get the genetic tree, and let's just say there is no chain of evidence issues. There is no contamination issues, mm-hmm. right? Everything was done by the books, by the FBI. <clears throat> then that evidence kind of points towards Koberger and would actually make it look worse towards him. Don't you think? Yeah. No, definitely. So, not being rude, there's no proof he committed the crime. I mean, his DNA was only on on the... the uh, the holder of the weapon that is suspected to have been committed in the crime. That tool was found underneath the body of a victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is suspected that that person operated a vehicle that is very much similar to Koberger's without a front license plate that was seen driving around and also in Pullman, Washington that has been confirmed by his phone pings or locations that it was him. 
you know, at least in Pullman, because that's when his phone was on. Right. And if it wasn't him, we're, we're expected to believe that. I don't know. Let's let's try to make the most logical explanation for it. If I was a defense team and trying to argue this based on the facts of the evidence that is currently known, I would say, you know, Brian Koberger, you know, either had the knife stolen or he handled it somewhere. Right. Let's just say at a garage sale or at a, you know, at, at a knife convention. He went to a convention. He saw it. It just so happened that the real killer was there too. And right behind Koberger, after he touched it, picked it up and bought it and took it and made sure that that person's DNA didn't get on the sheet, but was able to maintain the DNA that uh, Ryan Koberger's DNA on the sheets. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he knew Koberger was also going to drive around that night and turn his phone off between the hours of 2.47 and... Conveniently. 4.48. He knew, but he had to have known. Right? You have to be aware of that. He also knew what kind of vehicle Koberger drove, so this person went out and bought, bought a vehicle or test drove a white Elantra and took it home for the weekend. And that's why he didn't have a front license plate because it didn't have, uh, paper, you know, real license plates, right? So he was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame Cobra. You know, I got his DNA. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find a 2013 Hyundai Elantra with a sunroof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm gonna frame him. Because I know that he drives around late at night by himself, and when he does that, turns his phone off. Right? Who, who doesn't listen to music while they're driving? I mean, I get it, but like to turn your phone off and to know that during that specific time, that that's when Koberger <laughs> does it. And if Koberger drives around at night, how would that person know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How would they know? If he does it by himself, as he as he claims, how would anybody else know that that's what he's doing? <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, if you can believe that, I got some. I got a. I got a place here in uh, South San Antonio that gets snow twenty five days out of the year. That I'll sell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, yeah, like I said, I think he did it. Now, I think there's a lot of hurdles here mm-hmm. for the prosecution. And one of them is going to be the fact that they didn't change the vehicle that they were looking for until after they got Koberger's name. Yeah. Well, they never did, actually. Um, not to the public, at least. Right? And mm-hmm. then you also have the fact that the DNA that puts Koberger there is transfer DNA. Probably the weakest type of DNA evidence that's out there. And you have his phone, his phone history that I think is damning, but I think could be or should be excluded from court based on the fact that I don't think that that warrant was strong enough um, to, to warrant that. 
yeah to to violate his rights yeah. but for whatever reason you know we're six weeks until trial and co-workers defense team has not you know filed a motion to suppress that evidence mm-hmm. do, why do you think that is that they're they're fighting so hard to to get evidence <laughs> to come out that could um that could make Koberger look bad and at worst or at best you can just throw it out and you're still at square one why argue that and not argue the warrant for the phone Hmm. i think because they're gonna try to use that to you know maybe i know that they were saying that they started uh, seeing his movements from what was it june or something right yeah august yeah something yeah, june, yeah. june. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i'm i'm thinking that they have um phone records or either pings or whatever from even before that that he was out and about around those around that same time using those same no streets highways and whatnot yeah that's the only that's the only thing i can come with to make it seem like it like, like they said it's a habit that he does that he has of doing this yeah but here's the thing. I think they're going to they're going to find out that he was driving around that area, you know, for a few weeks there, you know, because I don't think you drive around that area with your phone off, not GPS with with, you know, as dark as it is out there on those county roads. If you're not driving there multiple times to make sure you know where you're going. Yeah. Was it like snowing the day too? And no, not that night. It not had night. snowed. Yeah, it had snowed a couple of times, but not that night. Mm. In fact, you know, let me. Uh, but even though, like, he was still kind of new, right? To the. Yeah, to, yeah. To the part and, of town. Yeah, exactly. He was. He's only. He'd only been there for like three, four months, and so, yeah, I think he got there in late July, and, and, and if that ends up being the case, um, yeah, no way. Right, let's see. Let me pull it up. Idaho. All right. So, in my opinion, there's no way that he would have, you know, been able to have driven around back in this area. You, do you think? Not- do you think that maybe they're not trying to throw it out because even in the, in the what's it called, uh, the PCA, right? The they had Coburg in town when he wasn't, and they admitted that they that he wasn't actually in town at that time. Well, is that so something that they might use? They might, but the thing is, I think it's going to be easily explained. So, when the first time that I read the probable cause affidavit and I saw that, I I thought that that was interesting, like super interesting. I was like, man why even put that in there? Like I get, you have to disclose things to the prosecution. Why even put that in there now? Mm-hmm. That doesn't belong there. And then I started thinking about it. And then I talked to Christy Gonzalez and she ended up sending me an article on FBI's cast and how accurate it works. And this, that, and a third, I think what they're trying to say. And the problem is, is they're copying and pasting a lot of reports together, in my opinion, to make the probable cause affidavit. And so it doesn't flow right. It doesn't flow right at all. But I think what they're trying to say is, is that they're aware of how accurate that the uh, cast information is. 
yeah. uh, that he connected to a tower, not that he was pinged or or was given location, just that he connected to a tower. But they did, they don't believe that he was in Moscow. So the way the casting works is, uh, from my understanding, it uses historical data, so it's not triangulating uh, strength signal like yeah. you know old school. It it uses historical GPS data, and apparently, uh, what it also does is it sends a. Um, there's a record of a signal that is sent from the tower to the phone and back that is measured as far as like how long it takes for that signal to come back and forth. And uh, that determines your location within feet of yeah. your of your loca- uh, accuracy. Yeah, it's a lot more accurate than it used to be, right? Right. So what I think happened is what they're saying is he connected to that tower. But cast is showing him that that signal that took so long to get back that he wasn't there. Yeah, it was like probably at the the outskirt of, of where that tower was. He was able to connect to. Yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, that that makes total sense. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think that's why they use that. And and here's the thing. And I want to ask you, you honestly. So we know that Brian Koberger was uh, by his phone records was moving around in Pullman at 2.44 a.m. We know that his phone turns off at 2.50 in Pullman mm-hmm. and by his own, you know, um, testimony, he, he was driving around. So he's not saying he was asleep. Yeah. So he maintained that he was awake between you know 240 or whenever they first see him to he gets back at 536 now at nine he leaves and goes back uh to moscow right now i don't think anybody's just waking up at you know if somebody's going to sleep at 536 and you know i don't think a they're going right back to sleep right then and there without showering or you know stuff like that and B, I don't think somebody's waking up at 8.59 and out the door at 9 a.m. to go see what's up. He must have been up for a little bit after or a little bit before 9 a.m. when he's recorded to have left his residence yeah. and up for a little bit after 5.36 when he's recorded getting back home. So let's just put it at, you know, 5.50 to 8.30, mm-hmm. right? And... You know, that's about two hours and 40 minutes that he possibly could have gone to sleep. All right. So he goes at nine o'clock, goes to Moscow, comes back. He's back at 930. By 1230, he's in um, he's in Clarkston, uh, Washington, which I believe is like an hour or so away from Pullman. Mm -hmm. I'm going to double check real quick to uh, make sure I'm. Accurate. So, Clark, I mean, uh, Clarkston, Washington, directions, uh, Pullman. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes of a drive. So, if he's there at 1236. Um, that, you know, that puts him 
leaving his house around 1150. Yeah, yeah, you you would think that there's another two hours where he could have slept. So we're up to four hours separated by him leaving uh, to to Moscow. And that's if he slept. All right. So he's in Clarkson at 1230. He's out there in this area until 530. 530 or until about five o'clock. Five o'clock, he starts to head back to Pullman. Mm -hmm. He turns his phone off at Johnson, Idaho. um, And it's off between 530 and 830 p.m. And he is suspected to be in the area in which he was at immediately following the incident uh, that night before. Right. So I don't know where he is at at 830 at 830 when his phone comes back on. And I don't know how much earlier he'd been awake. Is there a possibility that Brian Koberger got, you know, went to sleep at 5 p.m. on November 12th and woke up at two o'clock in the morning? And that would explain why he was able to, you know, stay awake throughout the entire day. Or is it possible that he had been up since eight in the morning? And if that ends up being the case, that he'd been up all day, all that night. Yeah commits a quadruple homicide now in my opinion we have to take you know we have to put in some context here that is going to have a huge adrenaline dump now i can tell you guys from experience in being in in in, uh high stress high adrenaline situations that once you're out of those situations you get freaking tired and yet he was able to do all of this after that do you think that if Brian Koberger committed this crime and did all these things, do you think he did it on something? Possible. Especially because, like you said, when adrenaline is just, once you have this adrenaline rush and it's gone, see, you become tired and even like, what's it called? Your body aches and stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So uh, it, the possibility is there that he was on something. I mean, he didn't. He didn't go to. He didn't go to work on the fourteenth. We know that from the 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 Brian Tally off the ABC podcast, All right? So, I think in order for that to have happened, I mean, uh, he may. I don't know. I don't know if coffee is strong enough, you know, to to overcome this. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, did I drove twelve hours? Remember on the five hours energy drinks <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't commit a quadruple homicide just yeah and i didn't leave before yeah <laughs> so, well whatever we leave we left las vegas right yeah that was that was brutal but yeah it's you know even after that after the the, the, the that five hour energy thing like wore off man i slept for like 13 hours man i was like in a small yeah. coma <laughs> so I yeah, could just imagine yeah. when adrenaline hits, you know what I mean? Right, exactly, exactly. You know, I I don't know um you know which drugs or narcotics he could have been on. Mm-hmm. You know, the initial one that came up to my mind when I was talking to my buddy Robert, who's um who's currently a police officer in one of these uh, uh small towns outside of San Antonio and you know, first thing that we came up with, because we we're talking about this case, 
was man i think he was on pcp or something to be able to do all of this yeah that know? would have been my first guess pcp yeah i mean you know or you know, maybe math you know some sort of you know upper to the max and i mean it could explain you know having the ability to commit a crime like this as heinous as it was and very malicely, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. But I still want to find out what's going on with the, the 51 terabytes. You know what I mean? I know it could be a lot of things, but you know, maybe more video video or surveillance footage, maybe. 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 I don't know though, man. It's um I think it's just going to be all like you have you have cameras here here that have him here mm-hmm. these two cameras probably got him do you think they have this license plate too um they would have they would have put that on the affidavit right i don't think they do in the i mean well he's the, mentioned it right Right. I think if they did, if they had his license plate, they would have arrested him a long time ago. You know what I mean? They would have needed the genetic stuff. They would have found him a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they have his license plate in Moscow. Okay. But I think they could in um, and what do you call it in uh, out here in Pullman. I think that this street here Where these um, these street cams are that caught that caught him. Mm. There's lights around here, All right? And so it's kind of lit up. You have lights here, you got lights there. So I think that it's quite possible. Oh man, this is a beautiful area, though. Right. It's quite possible that on. Because he drove through here, through Stadium Way to get back home. Then these cameras here caught him. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So these cameras could have possibly have gotten his um his license plate. I mean, you see you see this camera here? on this light pole and then you have another one facing downward you, you know it's crazy because like um i remember i went to san antonio one time and, and uh and I, I ran a red light man right mm-hmm. and they took a picture of me man like they took a picture and sent me a picture it has like the my back license plate and then a picture of the front of the car you can totally see me eating the potato chip like <laughs> so so like those photos are pretty pretty damn clean man they're pretty they're pretty good so i don't know if that's the same case here but i mean like you know for for what i experienced is like hey i could see myself eating a chip i had a chip in my hand yeah i mean and those are gonna be pretty pretty um what's the word i'm looking for uh those are gonna be pretty detailed but the thing is when it comes to brian koberger in moscow i think that the only thing that he's captured on for the most part are um, the residential security camps. And I think that there was a security cam at the A&W 
uh, here mm -hmm. that was facing this direction that may have caught the profile of the vehicle, you know, the side of it. Yeah. You know, there was one thing in the probable cause affidavit, and I mentioned it, you know, the other night on the map show where I was breaking down the maps that the probable cause affidavit states that they suspect that he went this direction towards Pullman uh, because it was a direct um, a direct shot you can get to Pullman from this direction, right? And the problem with that is, though, he didn't. He ended up south, right? Now, if he would have gone this direction to go south, the conventional way, I think that that vehicle would have been caught on these cameras. Did you hear me cough, didn't you? No, I didn't. Okay, good. So, so I didn't notice. I didn't know if I was muted or not. I heard you do some weird, uncomfortable noises, though. <laughs> uh, what's it called? So, what if they were down, or they haven't been working for a while? That's true. They could be down, but if they're operational, that leads me to believe that he didn't come this way. Yeah. Right, and that he would have had to have gone this direction to to um basically and it's a weird route it only adds two miles to the trip probably add about four minutes right to go this weird route but it puts you back on the highway uh, that you would have been on and um and you're on your way you're heading south and when he turns his phone off the next day in, in johnson idaho uh, there's a, there's these streets here that would put him back over here fairly quickly to cross over. And those are the red ones. And so he had his phone off for about three hours doing God knows what. Who knows, man? Maybe hiding something? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, we're going to take a quick break real quick. I'm going to show you guys our little giveaway or raffle that we have going on with a quilt and also tell you guys that if you guys purchase one of these koozies uh you still got a chance uh for every koozie that you purchase from here to saturday uh it's been going on all week you get entered into the raffle for the quilt this quilt's going to be raffled off in about two weeks y'all you still got time to enter into it uh, let's uh give you those details and when we get back on the other side we're going to be talking about uh, Rachel Morin, there's been some developments in that case as well. This is our little Frenchie Nelson. This is our little Frenchie Nelson. Nelson was the runt of Nelson his, was the runt uh, of his, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, diagnosed with IV, diagnosed with IV, which resulted in him losing the ability, losing the ability to move his rear legs. Now we were left with a couple of options, one being down or two, through a costly surgery, which wasn't guaranteed to work. We gave Nelson that chance, and we went through the surgery. And fortunately, today he can walk and. Yeah, he's not 100%, but he's getting there you know, through rehab and continual rehab. We think he may. Those bills are extensive and continuous. In efforts to lower that financial strain, we've decided to do a raffle. This raffle is going to be of a 4x3 handmade quilt. This quilt was actually made by my mother-in-law. And so, high quality. Uh, I think you'll love it. It's a rescue-themed quilt. So how do you enter? There it is a $5 entry to get into the raffle. All entries will be through Cash App. 
dollar sign drunk turkey show to enter in the description make sure you put your shipping address and your name if you want to put in multiple you can do so you can send in for instance 25 and also put in the description five entries the raffle will be on august 28th the winner will be chosen at random by a uh, wheel selector don't need to be present on the live good luck thank you Hey, so we still got time. $5 entries. Also, like I said, we're selling these koozies wrap around um, $15. That's including shipping. And um, you get entered into the contest as well. So just to every every koozie you buy is an, a free entry into the, the raffle there. So you do. Give me one second. I got to do a couple of things real quick. So, so to to you, what's the most damning? This, you think it's the DNA or the the pings or, or even the just the surveillance itself, or the the, the what's it called the, the pictures and the, of his car. Um. Honestly, I think that, for me. The DNA obviously is puts him in the in the house, puts him with the weapon, uh, and it's underneath uh, a body of a victim. So I think that that's that's pretty damning for me. I think that um, the phone also, not not necessarily the locations. I, I think the fact that he turns the phone off and turns it on after the crime uh, is is a huge ordeal. Even the the alibi he gave, that's pretty. Did that's more damning to him if he would have just stayed quiet about it. And not you know, I, I asked Zach, the lawyer, that, and he said not necessarily. You know, just by saying that he was out driving around. Um, you know, I mean, they got to prove that's the, that's something he does all the time, right? Yeah, but I think if if he's driving out and around that area, right then I would think that he, without a phone or without GPS, back in the backwoods area in the dark where there's not that much um, light pollution, I, I just feel that he had to have driven around there multiple times to do that. And so there might be an actual um, you know, record of that. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts? Which one do you think is the biggest piece of evidence against them? Um, I think the DNA, like you said, is a little, so pretty much on the nose, right? But I think also, I feel, well, in this situation, you know, they have 51 uh, terabytes of evidence or of data, right? Mm -hmm. Which you know both defense defense and the prosecutors have right you you think i feel like there's more to that than what we're hearing like i think there's more there more evidence that implicates uh brian Colbert in there that they're not saying all right run that last part again by me 
I think there's more evidence in those 51 terabytes of of data that implicates Brian Colbert. I mean, yeah, I think there is too. You know, at the end of the day, there's going to be evidence there if somebody committed a crime. You just got to figure out, like, you know, motive and why and how. And, you know, I think we've kind of gone through, we have a video that's going to come out in the next couple of days that gives our ideas to who, what, when, where, and why. And I think it answers a lot of the questions um, that people are having. If it ends up actually being how things ended up going down, obviously we don't have all the information to put, you know, 100% accurate, you know, video out there like that, but we're going to go based on the information that we do have. And, you know, like I said, we can't say without a hundred percent with a hundred percent certainty that Koberger is guilty. I think that only after or while, um, you know, trial is when we're going to be able to figure that out. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't think, I still don't think, even though they give those deadlines and everything, I still don't think it's going to happen on, on, in October. I really don't. Like, even though, I mean, there's always a way, you know what I mean, to delay stuff. Yeah. On either part. But um, I, don't, I really don't think it's going to happen on October. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, they're going to, I think the prosecution's pushing for it. Yeah, I think they really want it. I think they really want it. Man, I mean, so, I mean there's so many other things they can, you know, try to do to delay it a little bit more. Right. There it is. Got it. Give me a sec. I was trying to find some somebody so I can do this real quick. <laughs> and we're adding a new mod. Welcome, yeah, welcome Stevie to to the mod squad. All right, so what what is your biggest piece of evidence that could that goes against the prosecution in your opinion? You know, is it the the changing of the car when they figured it out? The lack of DNA in his vehicle, um, his alibi. (laughs) I I, I think, man. Honestly, I think um, they're gonna try to push the. The fact that that the police or the law enforcement at the time were incapable of handling this kind of uh, case, right? Yeah, I think that's gonna be one of the things that they, you know, try to sink their teeth in. One hundred percent. And I want to say thank you, Canadian True Crime Buff, for your five gifted Drunk Turkey Show memberships. If you guys want to be a member, yeah. you you gotta. Uh, click uh, allow gifts and Ray Ray unravel cold recovered Marcy E. Congratulations on your gifted membership. Oh, also Steeler fan. Steeler fan. <laughs> she, 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 she always gets the. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? Like somebody gifts you, is this random or? Yeah, it's just random. I don't, oh, I don't know. They don't pick yeah. them? Yeah, exactly. But for for Steelers fan, it's like every time that it runs out, like immediately after, she gets a free. <laughs> it's a top contributor. Exactly, <laughs> it's the preloader. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> Only I can call her a freeloader. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
congratulations y'all <laughs> for, for y'all's membership um welcome and so uh which by the way on sunday i know i'm gonna go live um and uh i'm gonna be talking about the um what's it called uh just kind of talking to you guys and we're gonna be giving away a couple of koozies and some stickers that's so, gonna be members only right yeah it's gonna be members only we're if you want to be in on it you got to hit the hit the join membership um but oh my my phone sucks. i mean not my phone my computer is yeah i was like well, i didn't even see you touch your keyboardy <laughs> no it, it, I, I touched the keyboard it just didn't do anything there it goes all right so from the harford county sheriff's office uh, the Criminal Investigation Division, their CID. Uh, this is referencing the Rachel Hannah Marine case. The Harford County Sheriff's Office is requesting assistance in identifying below de uh, depicted individual in relation to the homicide of Rachel Hannah Marine, which occurred on August 5th, 2023. Rachel was brutally uh, murdered while walking on the Ma and Pa Trail in Bel Air, Harford County, Maryland. The unknown male is described as being approximately five foot nine, 160 pounds approximately 20 to 30 years of age, dark hair, muscular build, and is believed to be of Hispanic descent. This is not a current photo uh, within the last six months, and the subject's hairstyle may have changed. The, uh, this individual is believed to have ties to the Los Angeles area and may have been involved in violent crimes in other states. Anyone who can identify the unknown male or has additional information please is asked to please contact the Harford County Sheriff's Office at our tip line for 410-836-7788 or via email at rmtips, rm as in Rachel Maureen, uh, at AfridSheriff.org. Now, there was one thing that I had asked my wife who uh, who cuts hair. Uh, I asked her about the, uh, you know, the cut right here. She thinks he did it himself. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah, hmm. man, looks weird. But it is the, is, these are still photos from a video, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the video. You got the video, right? I got the video. That way we cool. can I can watch it. I've seen bits and like I've seen the, the the stills. I haven't seen the the video itself in its entirety. All right, so I put us down down at the bottom. So this is him leaving. All right. Somebody closes. Yeah. All right. For, so this is supposedly, let's get some, some back information on this case, mm -hmm. right? Um, the This video is from a ring camera from a home invasion and an assault on a young lady uh, that occurred where this individual left his DNA behind. That DNA was matched through CODIS with uh, DNA that was found at the scene of Rachel Maureen's um, murder. Police are strongly believe that this individual is responsible for Rachel Maureen's uh, murder. And, um, and so according to law enforcement, this was a home invasion. What, what is he doing with his hand there? He's doing something there. It looked like he almost handed or gave something to somebody. You slow it down. You know, let me let me play it and then I'll I have it slowed down after this. All right. 
Okay, so he walks off to the right. Now this mm-hmm. is a slowdown. Did he shake the hand? Did it like a handshake kind of thing? That's what it looked like. Let me see. And then back on. Oh, wait. It looks like he might have had something. his chest? I don't know. It does look like it, right? And but then like somebody closes. And like in the background, you can see, I don't know, they, they, they. They put something on, like, I guess it's, it looks like a couch or something. I'm not really sure what it was. It was like a piece of paper, doesn't it? Can you go back? Oh, yeah, I don't know. So she's, you see a hand here. Is that a hand? Yeah. So here's my thing. If this okay. is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it from the beginning. Yeah, that this is, is that's the hand closing there, right? That's what it is. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. you see, right here, right here, it looks. I don't know if I zoomed in too much. Hey, that doesn't that doesn't that wrist look super small? Which wrist? The the one that closes the. Oh yeah, I think it's a. I think the. Man, I wish I knew. Let me, let me let me slow it down from here. All right, speed. We'll go down to half half speed. All right, so he's got something in his pocket. It does look like yeah, that is a small hand. Now look at his look at the reflection right here. Is, is that a cell it, phone? It, I don't know if it's a cell phone or a flashlight. Cell phone flashlight. It's going through the pants. I yeah. think it's a screen of the or the phone, isn't it? You know what? I think you're right. That does look like the screen for your phone. Hmm. That's crazy. All right. So one or two things are happening here, right? In my opinion, mm-hmm. this has been described as a home invasion. Now, I don't think. A minor can consent to allowing an adult to come into their house, right? So, is it possible that he groomed this juvenile, and and she snuck him in while parents were out, and this is him just leaving, mm-hmm. or or he uh, broke in and committed an extremely heinous crime? I'm not saying that the other one wouldn't have been heinous, and she just walks him out. You know, just to get him out of the house, right? Could be, yeah. But if 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 it's the first one where she's getting groomed, mm-hmm. you would assume she would know his true identity, don't you think? Yeah, some record of how they were communicating, all that. Exactly. I uh, I feel that th- it would be a little bit easier to find this person. Yeah. Definitely. I think it might be the second one. But I mean at the same time it's like um like why run out there or why go out without a shirt and I don't I don't even know if he had shoes on. Let's see. I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. But I might be wrong. No. 
I don't think he does, right? It's because it's... I don't... Damn it. <laughs> there you go. Don't move. He has his shoes in his hands. You see oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, the black in his hand there. He has a shoe in his hand. So I think he is barefoot. Yeah. Let's see. Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You would think there would be more footage from our surrounding um, homes. I mean, did they reopen the door again? No, nah, it's it's a uh, it's a loop. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, that's kind of freaked me out. I was like, what the hell? Come back. So he uh, has what looks like shoes in his hands. Chain on his neck. No tattoos that I could tell. Crappy haircut. You know, this guy reminds me of because um, those shoes look a little suspicious. And what was this at? This is in Los Angeles. Los Angeles yeah. And this is in March, too. Mm-hmm. So um, he went cross country to Maryland between March and, uh, you know, and this home invasion and this assault. And now, now, what I think happened is that he was aware that, um, you know, he's on the hook here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so he goes to Maryland because he knows that he hooked up with somebody underage. So he's going to go hang out with his friends or, or family member out there until until things cool down. And while he's out there, he can control himself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it, oh, you can't see his shoes because we're in the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Get me out of my way. There right there. You see the you see the black and the white there of the shoe? Wait, go back. I can probably tell what it is. I think it's cleats, dude. But what? <laughs> Not cleats. Imagine running around with cleats. That's why he's not wearing them inside the house. Oh yeah, that's that might be true. No socks either. <laughs> Like, so okay. I'm wearing them so he doesn't leave the markings. So if this was uh, like, let me see, how can I put this? Like, if someone forced themselves on someone, you wouldn't expect for him to take off his shoes, socks, shirt, right? Like he I would, mean, if it's just like a, I go, you know, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You, you know what I mean, right? Like, I don't think he if if it wasn't. If it wasn't, uh, you know, breaking into the house and doing it, like he had time. Obviously, he had time to do all this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he just walks out the front door casually. Mm-hmm. Now, there there isn't footage of him walking up to yeah. the front door, from my understanding. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, because that would be a better view of his face. So and that's that's what would be all over the news right now. You can kind of see the side, the profile of his face there, dude. Yeah. It's so close, but yeah. he turns. He, he, That's like the worst spot for the ring camera. Well, I mean, you, not really, because you'll see somebody coming up. But mm. like, he had to have known it was there, because yeah. it, it it doesn't look like a natural turn. Did they say where he, how he broke in? No, nah, they don't. Because if he obviously it wasn't through the front door, man, it's so no, I don't think so. But it's so close to seeing his face, dude. Yeah, even even that the 
I guess what is what was called the, the one of the doors covering the peephole too. Yeah. The reef is that what it is? Reef. Yeah. Yeah, because if. Damn, I don't know, man. I just feel like it. It might have been like you snuck in somewhere else, encountered the miner, right? Yeah, well, he would have he would have had to have known, in my opinion. Yeah, and then um, I think right there he's maybe like after it was done, whatever. After the the crime was committed, she like said, like told him that he wasn't gonna, she wasn't gonna say anything or something. I don't know. Right. I think he, I think that she let him in probably through like a window or something. Who knows, man? It's just, it's just, it feels weird. Cause I mean, we also have, you know, another piece of context that we're missing is how long was he in the house? Like, did he break in while the family was awake and he feels confident walking out of the front because they're no longer awake or they mm-hmm. left? Yeah. And that's why, but he, he leaves and like to me, he just like casually, yeah, and. I don't know, man. And you can tell, like, the, it's a it's a kid. You know what I mean? The wrist, the height of the, the yeah. wrist, you can tell right away. I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, the other case that he's uh, suspected of is uh, it came out in the, it had a worse ending. Yeah, I'm not saying this is bad, but that one, you know. They're both real bad, but the one had someone lose their life. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this guy's done it before? I hope you know, like I always say, I hope not. But I mean, sure seems like he has, right? Yeah. It's just weird. You know, going from from place to place like that kind of reminds me of remember uh was it Resendis, the the one, the one from the train tracks, they would drive the yeah. trains and commit commit crimes all across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this. It could be something like that. Who knows what other cases he's involved in? Look at that! Look at that lineup, though. So that's, that's, that's a back, that's a backyard. It's a backyard haircut. I think that he did it himself. I mean, that has to be trying to cut that up with with uh with mirrors, dude. I don't know. I mean, it will, it will, I mean, if he had tattoos, it would be a different story, right? Yeah, I, no I don't tattoos. see. Any, I don't see anything. That, that's no weird. tattoos. What about his clothing? Does it, you know, grayish grayish pants that you can kind of see through them? They're sweats, aren't they? They're like joggers. I think so. Yeah, they're joggers, man. So he went in there with. I mean, you know what they say, right? You know what they say about when you you're expecting action, you always wear sweats. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like my experience at. (laughs) So you you think that that he then. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was definitely a planned event between him and the. I mean, like he groomed to. her. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like it is, man, especially because, you know, the adults weren't there, you know? Yeah. Like he, and who knows how, I mean, doesn't he specify how long he was in there from where supposedly he broke in and then he left? And not not only that, but I like almost, I don't know, like front door? I mean, you would think it would go through like the least uh, lighted areas, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It could also be like you, like you said earlier, that like, you know she was just trying to get rid of him. It's like you know, she went through what she had to go through, unfortunately. But at the same time, she was like, you know, I won't say anything, and you know, yeah. try to convince him that she wasn't, she was gonna turn him to the police. So, could be that. Definitely could be. Definitely could be. Um, it's you know all speculation. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> hold on. I saw it on the on the side chat. I don't know if it's out yet. No, hold on. Can't see anything. Did you put it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's hot as it's hot right now you yeah. can't be wearing sweats this time of year it's bad right now it's like 110 <laughs> degrees i would be wearing sweats right now oh man that was hilarious put me on the spot Jesus. <laughs> uh but can i can i ban <laughs> can you ban <laughs> you could you could sir you can um, let's see but yeah so far he, you know Whoever this guy is, I'm going to double check right now, make sure there's not any updates. Uh, it doesn't seem that there is, you know, in this case. Uh, apparently, they were supposed to come out earlier yesterday with this footage, but they uh, held off. And basically, from the press conference, it appears that they held off because they got word or information and um, uh, thought that they may have gotten the guy, but. Mm-hmm. Ended up not working out, so guy's still on the loose. Uh, there's no updates yet. Yeah, um, you know we hope that um, Rachel ends up getting justice soon, and and this person is found. Um, Definitely, but, man. Um, from from what was you know they didn't say in specific details how they found the uh, Rachel or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, but they did mention that it was real brutal attack. Yeah. So I mean. Your mind just goes to like the worst things that could happen, you know, to someone. Yeah, and I mean, there was the guy that came out whose uh, daughter ended up being the person that found the body. Yeah, and um, he describes a very gruesome, gruesome scene. And I don't know, man. Um, Leads me to believe that. I don't know. He's in his mid mid to early 20s so this could have been the first time he's gone to this extent but mm-hmm. i wonder if he's done others i know that there was a uh and a lot of people are trying to point in, you know as the same person but there was apparently this lady who found um i guess a, a murdered person in her closet of her son her son's closet in los angeles mm-hmm. wrapped up in plastic people are trying to connect it to but because it, it, Wait, is this a, a year old no, that's oh, no. the one in Texas. 
Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got to confuse them. Sorry about that. But they're they're very similar. Yeah, I remember the eleven year olds a girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was tripped out too. Found under yeah, the bed, the bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, this girl was found in the closet, mm-hmm. and um, there's been speculation that maybe perhaps this person committed all three crimes. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. The one in Texas, the one in Los Angeles, and then the one in Maryland, just because he was from Los Angeles. And there's no indication how long he's been out there. But I would assume that, you know, if he's across country and he committed a home invasion with uh, an assault on a minor that ended up being reported, that he's probably been out there since since that crime, trying to elude detection uh, or police investigation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like he can also be they were saying that he was, might be illegal, right? Well, yeah, that's that's that's, that's kind that's of what, what they're saying. Alluding. Yeah. So maybe maybe he's going to different states for work. You know how they have the different what's it called? That's the, true. Uh, labor work. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So it could be that too. I don't know. It's it's sad, you know that 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 happened, especially you know leaving back was it. Five kids, yeah, five? dude. She had five kids. Five kids plus, you know, the, the husband. It's, it's pretty sad, you know. And I hope they find this guy before he either disappears back into where you know, maybe maybe Mexico. I don't know. I don't know where he's from, but and disappears because over there they don't keep track of all this stuff. Like people entering, and going back, you know, through Mexico, yeah. Honduras, and all that. It's uh, on the way over here where we keep track. Yeah, well, he's it'd be a long trip to get from mm-hmm. Maryland to Mexico right now. Yeah, um, I wish we had but, a, a better a better um, picture. You know, what I mean, uh, of his of his face, facial features, or even a, sure. or even a tattoo, scars, or anything like that. Yeah, that would definitely be helpful. But you know, a long trip. I think I think a trip to the border is a lot closer than that trip from Los Angeles to Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. I would think yeah. so. So if he's willing to make that trip across country, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And and Maryland isn't far from the Canadian border either. So he could be he could be gone from that area. Yeah. Who knows? But it does sound like I think they're gonna end up catching him pretty soon. It appears that um the local law enforcement are gonna be working with uh, the FBI to try to do this genealogical stuff and trace it back to somebody as well. So I think we're, we'll probably have a suspect, you know, either in custody or or identified in the next probably a couple of weeks. I mean, how long did it take for them to create co-workers? You know, the crime was committed November thirteenth by December nineteenth. They had his name. So yeah, eh, about a month and a week. Yeah, yeah, give or take. So so probably in the next five to six weeks, we'll probably within there have somebody in custody. Do you have any final questions for any uh, for everybody before we let everybody go, Jaime? Um, yeah, man. Um, I wanted to tell y'all that this is probably going to be my last life. Um, I decided to step us on the playing with you. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> now I just want to say thanks to everybody. Um, you know, thanks for supporting us. You know, mods, uh, members, everybody's in the chat. Thanks for um, you know keeping us cool. You know, and I hope y'all enjoyed the, the show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Thank you all, mods, everybody. Um, I appreciate everybody in the live chat. Appreciate all you guys that 
our members and you know the mods that are keeping everybody sane also don't forget members only on sunday um we'll be um you know just talking random stuff we'll be giving away some koozies some stickers might bring out the guitar maybe do a little bit of jamming out like yeah. last time so it'll be a fun <laughs> one you don't want to miss it hit that join button uh but yeah, that was whatever. uh I got you, Ray. I had you. I had you yeah, I was like, wait, this is the first <laughs> I hear of this. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hoping that I say that and you take off the glasses. I was like, yeah, man. But uh, did it work out? Hit, <laughs> we got to hit 40K. We got to hit 40K. <laughs> um, also, tomorrow, though, if you want to catch me, I'll be live tomorrow. Tomorrow night at 530, I'll be going live on my other channel on State of the Steelers. There I do and be doing play-by-play commentary on the Steelers versus Buffalo Bills game tomorrow. You can catch me there. Also, I think a little bit later this week, me and the wifey uh, on a channel called Scale of 1 to 10, um, we have another video coming out pretty soon. So make sure you go and subscribe to those channels. I want to come on that one. Dude, you need to. Come on over. We'll we'll do something crazy. Uh, But No hot hot sauce, man. You're always trying to make me eat hot sauce i don't you know i that doesn't go well with my my rectum <laughs> well, well we'll give you some of that moochie stuff that <laughs> 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 shit was disgusting dude you know big big blue talked me into taking another big ass bite out of it because he's like he's like that shit's that shit's good he's like i like it and i was like he's like you got to try it cold so i was like you know what i put it in the fridge for a while like three days and i took a huge ass bite and i was like Still, it's just, still gross, dude. It's <laughs> still gross. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But thank y'all. We'll see you guys on Sunday. We'll see you members then. Peace. Bye guys. Later.